0: the gates and ready to go hot my with Underwood with Ro underway on the thursday edition glad you're with us that includes the youtube live feed right now you can join us there by searching out outkick subscribe to the channel and join chad in the chat all social media platforms as well as outkick.com plus if you're listening to this great radio partner we say thank you big show planned today trey wallace of outkick.com our senior reporter for college football he'll be with us in 20 minutes Uh, And Armando Salguero, also of OutKick, joins us to talk all things NFL coming up in our number two. John Bryce of footballscoop.com with the uh, added-on report uh, following what has been a litany of detail involving the investigation of Michigan football and sign-stealing Connor Stallions and more. Uh, John joins us in our number two. Plus, Ryan Leaf back on the show this week. We'll preview... uh, a number of NFL and college football matchups, including the one he'll be calling the cocktail party, Georgia and Florida. Chad, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Hutton. Excited about
0: uh, today's show. So much scandal out there. So much scandal. And detail. You know, it it continues to pile on, and it's more than just Connor Stallions went to uh, a handful of games to steal some signs and report back to the offensive and defensive coordinator. There are now, uh, details and and reports surfacing of something far, uh, layer or two deeper into where we were just 24 hours ago, where it may not just be Connor stallions giving his information to Michigan. It could be Michigan possibly handing over their information on signs to teams that would be facing potential college football playoff opponents, Jack. Well, let's try to
1: unravel this. My, 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 the, uh, the, the web we weave when we aim to deceive, uh, and that is what is happening right now with, with Michigan, and the tentacles of this thing continue to stretch across America. Uh, this is not just an isolated Michigan story or an isolated Big Ten story. This now has national ramifications when you start to connect the dots about what may be going on here. So let's go back to January of 2023. January of 2023 is when Matt Weiss, at the time the Michigan quarterbacks coach, who is a former third-string punter from Vanderbilt, he started to be investigated for computer crimes of some sort or unlawful use of university computers. Everyone's mind immediately goes to the worst-case scenario when you hear something like that, someone coming in and confiscating a hard drive, Right. But what turns out to happen in this case is Weiss is fired, and he's fired, according to the USA Today, for some sort of illegal login activity on other people's devices or something that went down with that. Now, there is an outside counsel that's involved in something like this that's going through and and they're sifting through all the data on the computers of Michigan football and everything else that goes into it. So now Matt Weiss is gone. Let's fast forward to yesterday, late in the day, where the Washington Post has a story about, I think it's the Washington Post. I'm trying to keep the Sports Illustrated report and the Washington Post story separate. Washington Post has a story that details a law firm is the beginning of this investigation. That it was a law firm, does not mention the law firm who it was, but that a law firm turned over, information to the NCAA, and one day after that information was submitted, boom, investigation launched by both the Big Ten and the NCAA. So one could think that there is a connection between all of the information that was gathered in the Matt Weiss investigation that ended up with him being out, and then leads back to a few days back where Jim Harbaugh at Michigan are under investigation for illegally scouting opponents. So we've said this throughout, but there seems to be some pretty hard level evidence that something went on here. And this is yet another example of that. Sports Illustrated has the story that details text messages from our friend Connor Stallions with a buddy of his that was turned over by the buddy that as of four years ago, 2019, 2020, into COVID and after, he was bragging about doing his own research on opponents and giving information to Michigan's football program that helped them win games, I believe, during the 2020 COVID season. Now, fast forward a year later, he's hired in an official capacity at the University of Michigan. Now, watching a television feed or watching an All-22... And if you can come up with something, I, it, it's it's frowned upon, but it's it's not expressly prohibited within the NCAA rule. There's book. no
0: investigation,
1: right? Going on on site and buying up tickets in the front row and videoing the entire game—that's a big no-no in terms of scouting and trying to steal signs. And that's what he's being accused of. And then all of the, so all this happens. There's a talk of a Michigan manifesto. I've long asked, you know, how do you get to write them? How does a journal entry go to a manifesto? Now we know. Connor Stallions wrote a manifesto about how he and his buddies were going to take over and run Michigan football and detailed exactly how they were going to do it. This is a pretty smart, ambitious guy, by the way. Because part of the things that he did was he went and he got information from the Naval Academy on every Michigan recruit and everyone they would ever think about recruiting and had great information going way back, standardized test scores. And he offered this as what he called a product. To Michigan in an effort to essentially say they don't know what they need until I show it to them and when he showed this the Michigan staff they found this guy to be useful and eventually hired him on as what later turned out to be maybe not completely by title but a director of intelligence for Michigan football and now I'm going to bring Davey Hudson on because the last part of this and this is where this scandal goes national is the implication that comes in a story from John Bryce of footballscoop.com. We will have John Bryce on this program a little bit later, and we're going to talk to him about this. But the implication and the report that Michigan not only scouted these opponents, but possibly aided the opposition of their possible opposition in the college football playoff in an effort to knock them out of the running of the college football playoff. Davey Hudson uh, with us now. Davey, it's not that difficult to connect the dots here to South Carolina and Shane Beamer and the last two opponents of the season. And you've done a little bit of digging on this, and it didn't take a lot of digging. It just took looking at schedules and basing basing all of it off reports that are already out there.
2: Yes. So, Chad, as it relates to Michigan, if you were to go back to the date, November 15th, 2022, that's whenever the college football playoff rankings came out. And if you look at the top 10, you currently had four undefeated teams in the country at this point. You had Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and TCU. Now, when you think about it, Ohio State, Michigan, they're going to have to play each other. But what happens in this scenario if Michigan loses and you're a one-loss team not playing in your conference championship, you're going to need some help in order to still make the college football playoff. There are three one-loss teams currently still left in the top 10 at this point. You have Tennessee. Tennessee who was fifth, you have Clemson, who was ninth, and USC, who was seventh. Now, when you're looking at this, USC still has a very difficult schedule left. They still have to play Notre Dame, they still have to play Utah again, and UCLA, who was ranked at the time. So the odds of them winning out, very slim. But if you were to look at Tennessee and Clemson's schedule, they do not have many difficult opponents left. Now, the big thing for Tennessee in this situation is we know that Connor Stallions went to watch Tennessee play Kentucky or at least his minions on October 29th So they have already scouted Tennessee We've proven that based off all this evidence from the Sports Illustrated article But the one common opponent that Tennessee and Clemson both have South Carolina both of those teams would likely have the advantage over Michigan if They were, in fact, to lose to Ohio State, and all these teams have one loss. Now, if you look at it from just, hey, had South Carolina been very good, Tennessee, what's going to happen there? The week before South Carolina played Tennessee, they scored six points. They turned that around and scored 63.
1: Yeah, and um, also, Dave, you said this to us earlier, but this is from Gators Reddit, the Florida Gators Reddit page. Uh, that posted this on X and said, surprise Vol, Twitter isn't running with this more. The week following this alleged scouting, the South Carolina defense wore wristbands for the first time all year. Would not be the first time that Shane Beamer has gotten into trouble for accepting and using stolen information. And there's a link to a story from the AP from 2016 where Georgia fined then assistant coach Shane Beamer $25,000 for accepting leaked game plan information while at virginia tech 2 years prior in 2014 during that scandal so this would not be shane beamer's first time accepting intelligence uh, on an opponent in order to gain an advantage if in fact this was the case look uh, and,
0: and the key with this is they followed that game up by beating clemson
1: yep another opponent scouted by the signs so were not stolen just or scouted one coincidence. right it, it was it, it was nutty that game against Tennessee. Because South Carolina, the week before, as the poster mentioned, got destroyed by Florida, who was not very good last year. They were reeling offensively, and suddenly they were a juggernaut on both offense and defense for a big portion of that game. Defensive players wearing wristbands for the first time. Look, we have no knowledge of this. There's not a report directly stating it's South Carolina. But it's not hard to put the dots together and say, maybe it's just a gigantic coincidence that South Carolina became a completely different football team with two games left in their season and looked great in those two games and put everything together and the wristbands against Tennessee were the secret to stopping a Tennessee offense that was previously unstoppable. Maybe all that's a coincidence, or maybe, just maybe, Shane Beamer, who had to pay a fine, or Georgia did before for accepting illegal information from Wake Forest, Maybe he got tipped off to something well, going on. And
0: in thinking back to this game, guys, the, the one thing that comes up for me is it was – I mean, South Carolina's offense was rolling. But defensively, they weren't really stopping Tennessee either early in this game. It was 42-31 to 31 whenever the officials messed up that pick play call. And it pushed Tennessee back into South Carolina oh, that's uh, right, yeah. territory. or Back into their own territory. And that's really when things started to change. Um, I, I, I mean, as far as uh, the, the connections with the wristbands, and things, I mean, it looks, it looks like more than just a coincidence based on how they finished the regular season. But, I mean, if you're going to get the signs and it's going to work to some massive degree, don't, don't we need to see a higher uh, rate of also stopping the Tennessee offense early on or no? I think the the idea is that Tennessee's offense didn't do all that much when, in fact, I mean, they, they, did. they had 31 points on the board when that call happened, and then Hooker got hurt.
1: Yeah, and now, also, let's keep in mind that he's not just taking offensive uh, signals. Right. Uh, the defense had been a lot better, and they were otherworldly atrocious in this they, game. Yes, they were. And Spencer Rattler completely lit them up, so... Look, if you were tipped off and you know exactly when a blitz-happy team is going to blitz and where they're blitzing yes. from based on a signal, that's a pretty easy way to exploit a short passing game and go right where the blitz is coming from and throw it there every time. And South Carolina, again, maybe complete coincidence with Spencer Rattler, was able to do that and get in the perfect play call time and time and time again in this game. Look... We're not out here just making allegations willy-nilly. We're connecting the dots. Anyone online oh, right now could do it. There's a lot of people doing this. And there's a lot of reports out there that back some of this stuff up. I will say this. If the law firm that handed over all this information from the computers is what they're basing the investigation on, we will know. Time will tell. But if there's any type of electronic communication between anyone at South Carolina and anyone that's scouted for Michigan— We're going to find out about it based on the level of intelligence that was acquired by this law firm. I also see this ending in a Connor Stallion's tell-all interview on HBO Real Sports or somewhere else because this guy ain't getting a job in college football again. I think that dream is over now. This is becoming a national scandal. So what do guys that don't have anything to lose do eventually? They talk. And Connor Stallions has a lot of talking to do at some point. Now maybe he won't because he loves Michigan so much, and that they're you know he's not going to do it to hurt his university that he loves and cares so much about. Or maybe he gets paid some money and tells all and talks about the extent to which all of this went. It's a crazy story, Hutton. And the it further is. you dive into the
0: rabbit hole,
1: the more offshoots and roots there are to this that extend across the country.
0: And as crazy as it all is. We could be looking at an NCAA that does absolutely nothing in time for it to matter on this season, on this coach, on this story. You know, it's it's a crazy uh, sign stealing scandal with a, a, a twist and turns every other hour. It feels like, but what's the NCAA going to do about it? We don't have a you don't have a precedent set from the past, and you also have a blatant. Uh, blatant evidence where, I mean, we're even turning to... What, what was the guy's name on uh, the VolQuest post?
2: Arnie Palmer Alert?
1: Uh, Arnie Palmer Alert. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, someone behind that account is more accurate than what I believe to be uh, accurate in regards to uh, the NCAA actually getting it right, right? like they, yeah, I and- have more faith in that post than I do the NCAA making this a swift decision and actually penalizing a team that would need to be enforced this year, given the circumstances of what it all means. Because they would also... I mean, if, you, if, you believe, if you buy into the fact that they are doing it last year about the non-conference opponents and potential playoff teams, they've been doing it this year. Yeah, they have been doing it this year. And, and so the law firm... If we go
1: with the 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 idea that it was because of the Matt Weiss investigation that someone got all this information out of the Michigan computers, that would have been taking place in January and February right. of twenty twenty three. So, why wait until that long in the season? I, I don't know, but if they have that much information on it, it's it's a slam dunk for the NCAA or the Big Ten or anyone to act on it. If the, if that's the case, and we'll find out if, if anyone else is involved in this when I say they and it, receiving illegally, it info would also be not. going on
0: this year. Meaning like if you buy into that they were handing over the signals to other teams in order to have opponents drop, they would be currently p- prepared to do that, right? At least in theory. Four games left in the season. Well, I mean... I just, I'm just... Two, there's, again, Two teams it, may have lost it, a shot at a college football playoff. I, it changes every if other hour. Trey it's Wallace big. pops in next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with EHA Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here on the Outkick Network. A part of Outkick as well is Trey Wallace, senior reporter for college football at outkick.com. Trey joins us now on the show. Trey, uh, the, all of the, the back and forth and as Ann Arbor turns uh, this week with Connor Stallions and sign stealing and connections with other programs and those everyone trying to connect the dots on message boards to just trying to find Connor stallions on a sideline. The craziness continues. It feels like every other hour with new details. And uh, you join us having talked to a source or sources about the, the alleged involvement with South Carolina in all of this at the end of last season.
3: What a, uh, what an interesting week. And by the way, uh, report came out and I was just texting somebody the NCAA is on the campus of Michigan um uh, they arrived there a week after you know I guess the investigation started they got to, they got to Ann Arbor quicker than you would get a pizza on a Friday night so I I think that shows how uh important uh this investigation is uh to take care of look it, it has been a um It's it's been every...
1: Let me ask you about that, Trey, because timing is important here, right? Yes. This this is a matter of utmost urgency, considering they're still playing for a Big Ten and national championship, and they've got information on every team they're going to play, we would think, from here on out, especially that big one at the end of the year against Ohio State. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that the NCAA is already interviewing people, but if they have the hard drives from the Michigan football department that's been reported by the Washington Post, I don't know that they even need to go on campus and talk to anyone. They've got it all right well, there in front of them.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think that, I think the biggest thing that's going on right now is you get inside these football offices and you know what? Michigan's got to hand it over. I mean, it, if Michigan wanted to, they could not play ball in this situation. Uh, we've we've seen colleges do this before. Um you know, t- during Tennessee's case, they walked them right through the whole darn investigation. With with Michigan, you know, I, I think it's gone to a point now where you, where you have to turn over everything you have. Um, you have to turn over uh, your hard drives. You have to turn over electronics, cell phones, um, you know, emails, all of that good stuff. And the fact that they do have them on campus this quick, uh, again, shows how important this is. But also, you know, in, in my opinion, the NCAA is not going to do anything about it this season. I think the NCAA is trying to gather this information to help the Big Ten out. And if Tony Petitri wants to make a decision on Michigan this season, this is where it's coming from. It's not like the Big Ten office is going to Ann Arbor and investigating all this. It's the NCAA. Okay, NCAA, what can you come up with in the next two to three weeks that would give us enough information to see if we have to make a decision this season regarding the Wolverines. I think that's why you're seeing the urgency uh, from the NCAA and and along with the other teams that are in the conference and and the signs and all that good stuff. So look, it's been an every hour thing here. There's something new that comes out about this case every single hour. It feels like, and and it's because this was such a sloppy scheme. This was uh, the, the evidence that was left behind the, you know, the, the paper trail of buying tickets and and who you're sending. You had a you had a damn message board poster a year ago. Come out and say, hey man, like this is going on. I got a friend's brother who's scouting for Michigan. All of this is 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 laughable on at, at one side, but then the other side, you're like, okay man, this is actually kind of serious. Um, uh, we've gone so far in a week. Last week it was like, okay, sign stealing, sending some folks. They got a lot of proof. So now we're sitting here on a Thursday and we're like, dang, okay, there's a lot to this. This is very serious. And Michigan could get, you know, some some pretty harsh penalties for this. You know, whether or not Harbaugh is the head coach in 2024 has no reckoning, in my opinion. Nothing to do with what's going on right now. I think the NCAA is uh they want to get to the bottom of this. And because you got a lot of schools complaining about it, and and I don't blame them. Um, so I I I it's a it's a it's an interesting equation that Michigan has found themselves in right now as they deny deny deny, while on the other hand, you and you know the NCAA you know pretty much the NCAA opens the door up to the Michigan facility and says hey you going to let us in. Michigan has let them in. I think that goes to show you how serious this can be. And, and Jonathan, you brought it up. You know you're I, 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 you're hinting at the other schools that might, you know, have gotten some information from Michigan in this, Um, you know, I'll let you complete your question before you, I kind of give you the answer uh, in in talking with some people today, but you know, it is an interesting facet to all of
0: this. Yeah. Well, the implication is that South Carolina, uh, it's more than a coincidence with how they finished the season Um, based on uh, the way they performed against opponents that Connor stallions scouted and, was able to decipher one would think signs from uh going into that game and then they followed it up with another possible college football playoff opponent in Clemson
3: talking with multiple sources uh this morning and and even an hour ago um uh, this did not happen according to sources that that, that that I am close with this did not happen South Carolina did not steal signals uh or buy signals from Michigan or Connor Stallions or anything along those lines. Were they given signals? They weren't given signals. They weren't passed off signals, anything like that. Um, and, and these are just the folks that I've spoken with about this. And I feel very confident in saying that. I think Tennessee just got their ass kicked last year and they couldn't cover anybody on defense, especially down the field with the secondary that was horrible. Uh, and that's why you saw all those points. Look, I, I, I – I get it. You you this whole situation has made people question college football and how things are done. I understand that completely. That's not lost on me one bit. But to think that you know Michigan is out here, you know, selling playbooks, selling signals to to other schools and and that's going to cause chaos. I I you know, I I I don't believe that. Um, But in the case of – you asked me specifically about South Carolina, I'm telling you that my sources are saying that's absolutely not true. Tennessee fans can calm down now and just realize their defense got smoked last
1: year. Well, let me put it this way. I I don't know why it's so crazy to believe, given that Shane Beamer was involved in the same type of thing. Uh, Georgia had to pay a fine because when he was at Virginia Tech – He was buying or taking information from Wake Forest while he was a coach there at Virginia Tech. And maybe it is a complete coincidence, but this is where this story becomes bigger, Trey. South Carolina was bad before that Tennessee game throughout the bulk of that year. They were great against Tennessee. They were great against Clemson. They were bad against Notre Dame in the bowl game. They've been bad all season since then. Maybe, just maybe, it is a giant coincidence But I think the biggest part of this story is not whether or not they did it, but if they did, how damn well it worked. And if that is the case, it's all going to be on those computers this law firm has. Every bit of digital evidence will be right there on one of those devices or on those computers, right, if there's any type of of trail on it. That, to me, is the biggest kicker in this story, is just like when the NBA got popped because a referee was on the take. And from that point on, what, what's, what does everybody say? The NBA is fixed. Oh, that was a bad call on this guy in the playoffs. The NBA must want them to do this. The game is fixed. If it worked to this extent and they did it and two teams didn't play in a college football playoff, and Clemson, by the way, could probably point to that and say that's the demise of their dynasty was that loss to South Carolina. That triggered everything into happening. This story gets that much bigger.
3: It gets that much bigger
1: I don't think it could work to that extent is what, that's why I'm saying this. Like, that's the crazy part is if it actually worked that well for South Carolina in those two games, right? Well, that's would be but, hard to believe for me to believe
3: on this, but hasn't. So, so I'll throw it back at you a little bit in, in a sense of this whole story about Michigan stealing signs has made you question everything. It's made you question You know, uh, uh, a team beating another team by 20, I don't care who it is, if they're a power five. But, but again, (laughs) when we're talking
1: point spreads, all right, beating a team by 34 and not 28 if it's a six-point swing because you have their signs is a big deal for the integrity of the game. It's not just – oh, I'm not saying Michigan would have lost one of these games. They've been blowing people out by if they weren't stealing their signs. But I'm telling you, I think when Connor Stallion speaks – which is going to happen eventually, yes. that is going to be a widely viewed interview because I want to know how well this works. Because, and Hunt, I think you were on this same path. The first assumption was, oh, everybody's trying to get some advantage or leg up, right. but it's not that big of a deal, right? Well, maybe, you know, this and that, and you can make a f- couple plays because you know something. But if South Carolina is the example, what you're saying, your sources say it's not, but if they were the example, I'm just blown away by how well it worked over the course of two games, and seemingly nothing else has worked for South Carolina before or since those two games,
3: right? I I'm not going to sit here and deny it. I'm not going to sit here and deny that you know South Carolina. I mean, I, I, Chad, I, you know, you it's crazy. You you put me in, that, you're, you're me in that spot, but I don't. I I can't. I can't disagree with you, but also. Do Tennessee fans know the whole backstory of what happened that week leading up to South Carolina, where you know Jeremy Banks goes just, you know, full off the rails, doesn't show up to practice, um, gets in a fight in a locker room uh with 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 players. Uh the defense is in shambles. The whole team is kind of divided pretty much down the middle. Uh, so you walked into South Carolina. Uh, with a team that was just pissed off at each other. I mean, there, there's a bunch of different reasons why Tennessee got their ass kicked, you know, but, but, but uh, I can't, I, I guess I can't sit here and say, with you know, 100% certainly in my opinion, in my opinion, like the, did something sketchy not happen, but you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't believe it after talking with people that South Carolina did it. Uh, now, If the NCAA, as they are right now sitting up in Michigan facilities, comes across something or a text message or an email or a file that is sent to other teams, okay, well, that story changes completely and and everything changes. But I think the paranoia – I'm not saying you're paranoid. I'm saying the paranoia of all of college football now – I mean, how Lincoln Riley was asked about why he held up a screen – you know, in front of his play caller this past week against Utah. Well, the, the reporter's asking about because of what's going on in Michigan. Lincoln Riley's response was, well, we've gotten beat by Utah two times in a row. They know our signals. We play them all the time. So we're just trying to prevent that from happening again. But I'm getting again, the whole Michigan thing has made college football and other teams paranoid about whether or not their signals have been stolen and it doesn't help that it all happened and transpired last year. And then, you know what, I'll just, I'll say it too. And then you get a vague little paragraph last night in a story that says, well, they may have done this, or we're hearing they may have passed along signal. There's no reporting in that. That's just that. that I'm sorry. I'm not t- I'm not trying to take shots, but that's not reporting. If you've heard of an alleged team that's getting signals from others or Michigan, name them. Don't put it in there, oh, it's just, well, they may have done this. That's laziness. And I'm sorry, but now it's led to everybody in the Tennessee fan base thinking that South Carolina stole signals or even in the Clemson fan base when all of a sudden they're going off this one small little bitty paragraph in a story that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and was just thrown in there for the hell of. it.
0: Well, right, but you you referenced the message board post earlier. I mean, that's what really got this all started. It wasn't the one paragraph last night. It's, it's the message no, no, board no, 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 post. No.
1: It's the crazy two great performances by South Carolina. It's the fact that their head coach has already done something like this and been proven yeah, guilty I, of I, it, and I, Georgia had to pay a fine the for it. It's the wristbands I mean, I am, that they didn't have not, all season. I mean, it's I not mean, just one little bit of – of evidence here look i think it's all going to come out in the wash i really do if they have the computers that's already been turned over according to this washington post report from the law firm to the ncaa they're going to have everything that went on in this one way or the other Trey, we've got exactly
0: 30 seconds but you get the last word
3: okay i I, know and i'm not look chad i'm not saying i disagree with anything and 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 okay a lot of what you're saying i'm not disagreeing with I'm saying, yes, it will all come out. I'm saying that the NCAA is probably currently looking through computers right now and hard drives and emails and whatnot. And I'm saying that if that evidence comes out, then that's a conversation that we'll have. The message board thing, Jonathan, real quick for clarity, that was talking about Vanderbilt last year. And that was talking about the right. Kentucky game where, where somebody came at. That had nothing to do with South Carolina. So I, I think that's two different types of scenarios well, here we're talking about. They, so They
0: didn't attend the Vanderbilt game because South Carolina beat Tennessee. Yeah. Right. Right. And I agree. It. But,
3: but right. the the poster was talking about them attending one game, so that's where that part came from. So I'm not trying to, you know, yeah, deny anything or anything. I'm just telling you what what I've heard and. That's where we're at. I mean, we could go – look, we could go on for a dang hour about this if we really wanted to, and I could well, break down everything single port. But yeah, we'll be
1: going
0: on for a while with uh, the NCAA. Yeah,
1: look, it's made an already highly paranoid sport, even more paranoid. Trey, that's thank for sure. you, man. Thanks, Great, Trey.
0: great job today uh, with uh, adding to what has been a crazy story, and uh, look forward to your work at OutKick.
3: Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Appreciate you, too, you having... Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys.
0: There's uh, Trey Wallace there. And, oh, by the way, deny, deny, deny for Michigan, and then appeal, appeal, appeal. Nothing's going to happen as fast as the NCAA may want it to. Coming up, much more on this. Sixth and Peabody, our location with e-hop Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Thanks to Trey Wallace for joining us. Quick break. Re- yeah. You Back can- in a hurry. Always, Chad. Yeah. Always. Uh, you I just can looked up.
1: up. I'm like, man, I have my headphones on. I'm not ready to go.
0: Check out uh, Trey, Trey's work at OutKick.com. Don't worry,
1: everyone. I'm settled in now. I'm fine. Good. Good I'm to go. good. It's going to be okay. We're going to soldier on.
0: Armando Salguero will be with us. He'll soldier on with us. That'll be uh, coming up in about 40 minutes from right now. Plus, John Bryce of footballscoop.com will add uh, his perspective to the Michigan sign-stealing and uh, other programs that could be involved. He doesn't specifically name, but he does say that uh, there, there could be others. We'll have uh, John weigh in. Could be
1: Plus, uh, some coordination. I forget exactly that's worded, yeah. but coordination with the opposition of possible playoff opposition yes. Uh, yes.
0: involved here. Plus Ryan Leaf uh, in our number three uh, coming up a, a bit later. Chad, uh, each and every week we have hard decisions to make. Pick your poison.
2: All right, gentlemen, to get things rolling on this one, one has to go. And whenever I say one, I am giving you the option I had the S on there of the World Series, the Stanley Cup Finals, and the NBA Finals. Now, you might be thinking, what is the question revolving around this? Well, you can only or you have to get rid of one of these, and you can never watch that playoff championship series ever again. What one? Which one are you eliminating?
1: This one's easy for me, Hutton. Uh, it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, while I respect and appreciate the sport of hockey and the toughness involved and how difficult it is to win Lord Stanley's Cup, um, I'm not tuned into every second of every Stanley Cup final game. So if I got to pick one, I'm watching more of the World Series, definitely more of the NBA Finals. Uh, so I am eliminating the Stanley Cup final, even though I, I think it's a great event.
0: I tried to take my fandom out of this, but it also will creep back in in my answer. My answer is the World Series, and here's why. Uh, the NBA and the NHL give me something to do in June, and I prefer if there's a football game on, I'm probably watching that and then flipping over to the World Series to check the score and going back to the game. That's just how I'm wired. Now, the other part of this is the Stanley Cup Final... I'm actually in a market with a team that could be in said final. And I know what it was like the last time uh, the, the Nashville Predators were in the Stanley Cup final. And it was this awesome. This city was unbelievable. It was awesome. So Can't confirm. I don't have the option of Major League Baseball in Nashville yet. So, uh, and as far as the NBA, again, I'm just, it gives me something to watch in sports, possibly bet on, uh, in a month where there's not college or nfl that's that's the only reason because um uh, 15 year old me would hate me right now for saying the world series has got to go that surprises
2: me i i tend to agree with you hut if let's say i know the world series starts tomorrow but if it's on tonight i'm definitely choosing thursday night football over game one like not even debating that
1: well if it was a this year thing with all due respect to arizona and um and the, the Texas Rangers, I would eliminate this World Series.
2: It, it could be Yankees, <laughs> like, Dodgers for can me. Can we pick a singular what,
1: well, World Fux. Fux. Series or yeah. finals to eliminate? Because I'd like to eliminate this
0: one. Whenever you said, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but with all due respect to Lord Stanley Cup, I'm not tuned in to you know, every single game. I'm thinking, will you with this World Series?
1: <laughs> no, no. I am voting the Diamondbacks versus the Rangers off the island of World Series in history. First pitch tomorrow night.
2: Guys, next up. Won't be watching. Future of the program. I'm going to give you two current NFL quarterbacks, okay. and you have to tell me which one you would build your franchise around. And for this conversation, we will assume both of these QBs are fully healthy. And those quarterback options: Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. This is a great. This is, this great is a great one. Terrific.
1: This is the very definition of pick your poison because both um, of
0: these are awful choices here. I'll, I'll let you. Start. Do I just do I inherit just the quarterback? Not the. Is it the You're, contract currently and everything else?
2: I'm, I'm going to say but no, for but you're... you're st- I think you just yeah. go with the quarterback. We, yeah. quarterback? We, we, we can't factor
1: in a contract or just the quarterback. I mean, just, just the, the quarterback I, and the future of that quarterback. Th- On the their field? contract's
2: not involved, but I will allow for Kyler Murray's stipulation if he has to watch so much game film be permitted into this conversation. Okay, that's well, good.
0: That's, that's an important note in the contract. That's my issue with him. Uh, if we're just talking pure quarterback... Uh, it's Watson. I mean, there's a reason why he's got the fully guaranteed deal. It's because of the potential that he's got. Now, um, if you buy into the fact that he's faking injuries and stuff, I, I would say I don't know why he came back and played last week, if you believe that. Uh, Kyler Murray took the Cardinals to a 7-0 start, but without DeAndre Hopkins on the field, the guy has sucked. I mean, it's just it's, when Hopkins is on the field and they're together, they were good. And when they're not, they weren't all that great. And I also think that Murray's got, you know, th- the talk was when he was drafted that he wanted to play baseball. He's not doing that. But instead of baseball, he's playing, you know, Fortnite or whatever else it is <laughs> Call of Duty. Call of Duty,
1: I think, is his, is his poison that he picks.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, at least at, within a structure of an offense, I would take Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray.
1: Deshaun Watson has done his damnedest to make this thing an actual close decision since he started playing for the Browns at the end of last year. (sighs) He really has, because quite honestly, when he was just serving that suspension and he wasn't playing with the Texans, given his body of work as a Houston Texan, this thing is not even close. I am taking Deshaun Watson all the time, every time. But he's done a lot to chip away at that facade since he actually started playing. And now there's this, is he hurt or is he injured? Are he and Kevin Stefanski on the same page? Who's telling the truth? Who's not? How do we look into that? I still will take Deshaun Watson, even though he's chipped away at that facade quite a bit. But I think Watson has been the better quarterback, can be the better quarterback again if he pulls it together, and Much like I have reservations about Caleb Williams with the fingernail painting and the disrespecting the opponents and some other things, I just have never gotten a great vibe from Kyler Murray outside of him being an outstanding athlete at the quarterback spot, the contract clause to not play Call of Duty as much, uh, some of the things he's done and said over the course of his career, I get it. Deshaun Watson, (laughs) has some baggage too. Sure, Totally understand that. I'm still taking Watson over Murray. And it kind of surprises me that I'm saying it, me too. but I'm taking
2: Watson. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin on this one. I, I, I do feel pick. this is, yeah, it's, I would probably pick Kyler Murray. And the only reason behind that is because I don't, and I hate the strong word, I don't despise him as much as I do Deshaun Watson.
1: Now, if I'm starting a baseball team, I'm taking Kyler Murray because, yeah. remember, he was about to go play for the Oakland I'm, I'm A's. I'm solely viewing
0: my decision on on the field. You know, which which quarterback do I buy is going to help me win more than the other?
2: The, the other way I could justify this is I feel like if I were to draft my favorite quarterback on my fantasy team, Kyler Murray would at least keep me in those games, whereas Deshaun Watson's pretty much a liability even in fantasy at this point. He ended with negative points, which I'm f- trying to think of – the last time a quarterback did that. So that's pretty impressive for Deshaun. And then, um, you know, speaking of infamous people. But our last pick your poison for today, infamous or forgotten? Would you rather be infamous in history books or no one remember you at all?
0: I think infamous meaning I don't know Infamous meaning uh, you're you're remembered for
1: something not great. Yeah, yeah. yeah but That's, I don't
0: know the details of what that is. That is yeah, correct.
1: because I think it's uh, you know, you could be infamous for being Connor Stallions, or you right. could be infamous for being O.J. Well, Simpson.
0: <laughs> well, yes, or right, right, <laughs> or Judas.
1: And also, is like the one thing I'm known for, <laughs> the bad thing, like a Connor Stallions, who we never would have known his name had this not popped up. Or is it like a Kevin Spacey scenario, who was a terrific actor for years and years, and I celebrate his catalog,
2: but then had some issues as of late that we're also going to remember him for? You aren't going to have done anything outside of your life, like anything super terrible? <laughs> it's all infamy, you're saying.
0: Yeah, you're just viewed I mean, as a bad, I, bad person. No, I would rather just be forgotten.
2: Yeah, I think
1: that's pretty this is a pretty easy answer. I, I, I would much rather be forgotten than be just infamous. Now, if I was both famous and infamous— Like, if I had accomplished a lot and reached a level of fame, and because of my level of fame, when I got in trouble for something, that is a footnote on everything that, you know, on the bio, when I die, it's going to point out this thing or whatever it was. Maybe there's a decision to be made. But if I'm only famous for doing something terrible, then I'd much rather die a forgotten man.
2: Okay. Yes. I I was trying to like John Wayne Gacy for someone else. Yeah. (laughs) Taking this from the standpoint of Jeffrey Dahmer was a hell of
0: an accountant. You know
2: what (laughs) what you're doing right now is not terrible, but 200 years from now, everyone's going to cancel you for something kind of like we're currently doing in today's society. Uh,
1: uh, We should play a game, Davey. I just thought of this as you said that canceled or not, you should bring us people. And we try to decide whether or not they've been canceled for something. Different famous people. Or, because or honestly, they canceled there, are, themselves. there are a bunch that were canceled and then came back. Yes. Right? Like Aziz Ansari comes to mind. James Franco. I honestly don't know if they've, they're still canceled or they're back. Both those guys at one point were canceled for
0: but, well, something. But Franco was just directing, right? Recently? I mean, before. I
1: love James Franco. Hudden and I, one of our favorite shows, a short-lived show, The Deuce, on HBO, where Franco played twin characters should have been, the show.
0: Should have been Should have been a longer back.
1: run than the three seasons it yes. got. Yep. But I did like how they jumped in time, like five years, each Agreed. each season of the show.
0: Um, so, Davey, what would you choose? Nah, I just go Infamous. All right. You want to be remembered? I don't know what it's for. Yeah, I know, that's like, the thing. Is when I'm, I I'm dead. What I I, think, I'm for dead. What? what do I care? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's more about like... You know, the infamous meaning, like, the family name and all that. I wouldn't want to.
1: The stain on the family. Yeah. Depending on what you're infamous for. Like, if it's tax fraud and it's a huge scheme, like, Bernie Madoff. Do you want to be known as Bernie Madoff? Is that, like, he didn't kill anybody. Well, I guess he kind of did financially.
2: I, I am the last person in my family that's able to carry on the family name.
1: Oh, you're the last,
2: yep. the last boy? So like boy if, I, if I don't have uh, Madoff's, any Madoff's, Mel heirs, uh, kids man. hate their last name, though.
0: Watching the documentary on all I'm that, I'm sure. So, I mean, I, again, that's the that's what you leave behind. I I wouldn't want that. What I hear is that Davy is a narcissist
1: and doesn't care about anyone else in his family. It's all about yeah. him. As long as he gets the glory, even if it's for
2: being infamous. By the way, you're not in, you're not it.
0: in shorts today. You're in you're not in open toed shoes. How's it's, the
2: toe? Uh, it's painful. Did the, the doctor we're, say we're to it.
0: wear open toed shoes
2: for 24 hours? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just. I'm glad it's. I'm glad you're all good.
2: She's so got on it, um, but I was able to get into the mesh, mesh tennis shoes.
1: I, I want to say you watched this. It was like maybe six, seven years ago on yeah. uh, HBO. They had that limited series, The Night Of.
0: Oh, yes, I've seen
1: that. And it was the rapper that's – he's a good actor, but he's like a rapper from England that was the starring guy that woke up with a woman after meeting her. and She was dead, and he didn't know what happened, if he killed her or not. They were partying together. I,
0: yes, yes. And
1: then John Turturro, great actor – Played his attorney, and remember he had a like a court order or doctor's order to wear open toed shoes. Remember oh he had like God. boils on his feet, and he had to walk into the courtroom with uh, flip flops yeah, on
0: with grocery feet.
1: This is Davy's future. <laughs> Davy's going to be John Taturo from The Night Out. <laughs> that was a great. By the way, if you want to go back and just watch a limited series start to finish, that thing was awesome.
2: I haven't it, seen it, so I'll check it out. It takes it's, it through the it entire. It
1: looks like criminal justice system.
2: Like you go to platforms. prison
1: with them, you go to the appeals process. It's a big mystery at the heart of it with the murder. Really good. You can watch it on Max.
0: Speaking of the uh, appeals process, uh, for the discussion of the NCAA being on campus and trying to get everything done with Michigan, right? Or they're, they're combing through. So, if they hand down a penalty in a swift fashion, the appeals process with this, I mean, we've got a month left of the regular season, and then and we roll forward towards. Uh, you know, the college football playoff, there's no, there, there's no justice in whatever they're going to hand down for this team.
1: Well, and also the, the integrity that's being questioned of the sport now, like the foundations of it can start to get questioned. I, I hate when we get into this whole thing where now we're watching a college football game and the jokes are going to be, oh, I wonder if this team had their signals the way they're looking tonight. It's like they're in the huddle with them. And when you get one big story like that, it leads to all these other questions that I frankly don't like around the sports that I'm watching. I like to think everything's on the up and up. Yeah. That there's a winner and a loser. They went about it fairly. They played the game, and this is what happened, and here's what we're going to talk about. I hate the cloud of did this happen or did this not happen, like we're talking about with South Carolina a year ago. Now with Michigan, with every game they've played in the last couple years or all this season, I, I hate that stuff, but that's exactly
0: what we get now with this story. The Michigan investigation continues by the minute with more details. The Michigan State investigation with Mel Tucker, it's over. Details next on Hotline with Edna Withrow across the OutKick Network.